Welcome to Sex Unshackled. I am Becky Krepsley Fox, and this podcast is where sexuality and spirituality meet. Today on Sex Unshackled, I have both Hugo and Dia with me. Hugo is a conscious explorer, psychologist, integrative therapist, a tantra instructor, inspirational speaker, and an artist. Dia is a cacao sorceress, creative meditation instructor, student of Tantra, workshop facilitator, and the founder of Cacao Amor. Hugo, Dia, can you please tell the listeners what brought you to this work? Mm. Hello. What a <laughs> lovely intro, eh? <laughs> nice long list of things. <laughs> Hugo is also six foot three, <laughs> has a beard, and likes cats. Yes, we all like cats. <laughs> Dia is five foot five and has curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, these, are, these are dating profile things now. Um, okay, yeah, well, I might start because I've already started. Please. Um, so what brought me to this work? Uh, yeah, I think I've been in, I've been in this space of sort of psycho, psychology and, and mental health for a long time. It's about 16, 17 years now. Yeah, in various guises. Um, I, I, I trained in all the psychology. It felt like the sensible thing to do. So I trained in forensic psychology to start with, um, working in South London with criminal populations. And then, then I trained in clinical psychology, working in the NHS with adults and, and children and young people working therapeutically. And then I went on to train or am training in psychotherapy. And I'm also a research psychologist, um, doing research for lots of different companies. So yeah. All the psychology going felt like a sensible thing to do at the time. So that's where I started from. I think from that position of, of psychology and a real passion and interest in that. And I suppose stepping into this, this slightly more nuanced space, what maybe talking about today about this idea of tantric communication came a bit later, really. Um, I suppose it came after meeting, meeting Deer at the same sort of time as meeting Deer, the shift in perspective after leaving the NHS and realizing that there was maybe slightly more out there that I was missing in that NHS frame. Um, yeah, so it came to it from that space. And it, I found that all the, <laughs> did all the things that I liked outside of my job. You'll find that where you have a job and then you do everything that brings you joy in the spaces in between. Um, so on all your annual leave at the weekends and things like that. I noticed I did, I just lived to do that, to do all this other stuff. I'm a mountain guide as well. I lead expeditions overseas. I'm a, I'm a trainer. I do lots of different bits of training online and different bits of instructing and things like that. Um, and I make, uh, I make costume pieces for the, for the national ballet and the theater. Um, really? Yes. Wow. <laughs> okay. A man of many trades and, wow. and very uh, creative indeed. I but don't know where you find the time. <laughs> so all it's time is just a construct, eh? <laughs> but it's but it's funny though. So I did all this stuff whilst pursuing this. I mean, anyone who's ever tried to pursue clinical psychology as a career, it's a very intensive, rigorous, focused, directed path that you have to follow. Uh, and I was doing all this other stuff outside of it, just realizing that that was where all my joy came from. Um, so ended up, yeah, leaving the NHS and stepping more into this space, meeting the fabulous deer and <laughs> trying to find ways of bringing it all together, all this learning and understanding into one space, which which we've been trying to do, I suppose, over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's probably it. I came to it meanderingly. That's how I came to it. 
<laughs> that sounds wonderful. And what about you, Dia? Mm, thank you. Oh, well, I guess my work started um, with cacao. Uh, growing up in Ecuador, I was always drinking cacao. And then um, in about 2012, it was when I experienced a cacao in ceremony for the first time. And it just opened a whole new world for me. Um, the world of, of ceremonies and connecting with the plant spirits and um, diving into that more uh, mystic realm of life. And um, around the same time, I started also to, to read and to um, be curious about Tantra and what Tantra was. And, you know, Tantra is one of those that I feel with Tantra and Cacao, both of those, it's it, it's a little rabbit hole that takes you to another rabbit hole that takes you into another rabbit hole. So there's never there, there's never a bottom to it. There's always so much uh, to research. But um, I think what yeah what brought me to this work was Cacao to begin with, and my curiosity to find something um, beyond what I felt was limiting and not so fulfilling. Um, in the sense that I felt there was always more to life than um, what one thinks. So I'm a person that really feels um, that plants are constantly trying to communicate with us, that innate, what we may call innate beings or objects are trying to communicate with us. And it was in that curiosity of um, connecting with the energy of things and the subtle realms that mm -hmm. I came to be a walking into the world of cacao and tantra. <laughs> I love that so much. I love how you guys are coming from like almost polar opposites of <laughs> healing and growth and then you you know you found each other and you've created you know these workshops and everything and I just love the collaboration. Mm. Yeah, I feel like Hugo and I um, definitely complement each other in that way. You know, he comes from the more science background and I come from that mystic, a spiritual background. And it feels like together we, we are like the different parts of the puzzle. Um, mm. And cacao, it's all about that. It's all about collaboration. And we found that Tantra is the same it's like this weave, this this mm. this weave of life, the the thing that brings everything together. Um, so yeah, I feel like uh, meeting each other was <laughs> quite fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's exactly what I'm trying to do in my practice as well. And that's what this podcast mm. is about: mixing that spirituality and, for me, it's the sexuality and relationship aspects, mm -hmm. but more from a clinical perspective as well. And as Hugo mentioned, today we're going to talk about conscious communication. Um, so can you guys kick us off by explaining to the listeners what conscious communication is? Mm. Yeah, so I suppose, I, I'm starting again, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> You're taller. Okay. You can go first. Yeah. Height privilege. Um, yeah, so I suppose we were talking about this beforehand. You know, we sit down and we're, we're coming on to do a to the podcast and we're like well what does it mean to us <laughs> conversation about it um and i suppose both of us ended up at this this space of like communication communication is, is fundamental to to relating absolutely fundamental um and about how everything you do in in, in relationships is, is about communication from my perspective most i'd say nearly all of in fact i'm going to be bold and i'm going to say all of the challenges in relationships stem from positions of miscommunication 
where people have attempted communication and missed. Okay, so they, they've, they've not managed to do that joining, that connecting that comes with, with communication. I suppose conscious communication is being conscious of that, just like some of the work we do on, on tantric communication in the same space. But this idea really for me is like the mantra of all behavior is communication and all communication is an expression of need. Mm. There, is, there is no such thing as challenging behavior. There is just behavior that challenges you and being conscious of that and once you understand that around <laughs> that all, all behavior is communication and all communication is an expression of need well everything's you mm. can see things from a completely different perspective you know somebody slams the door they're saying something they're not necessarily doing something the doing is a route to that communication so i suppose to me it's, it's just this fundamental essence of joining of relating um what about you mm. yeah um also that and to add to that I I think and I feel conscious communication is being aware of oneself and mm. where where our communication is coming from so what's what's the need behind like Hugo said like everything communication it has a need behind it and and also being aware of um you know our perhaps traumas or shadows or things that we're not so aware I I find that in relationship especially in romantic relationships or in sexual relationships these aspects tend to come out mm. and we are I am easy to project onto another things that I haven't healed or seen within myself but when I become aware of these then I can start to heal and I can start to really come from a place of authenticity so be aware that okay right now perhaps I'm playing a father-child uh, dynamic here or perhaps now I'm playing um, a victim mode or perhaps now I'm trying to control um, so for me conscious communication is that it's, it's being aware and being authentic mm. uh, trying to figure out what am I trying to communicate with these am I communicating what I'm trying to communicate or am I actually just coming from a trigger or a shadow or a trauma mm. aspect? Yeah. That was so much better. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> you, you gave us some pretty awesome <laughs> mantras there. So it's both the introspection of noticing why we behave and mm. act and communicate in certain ways and also having the curiosity about mm. what is underneath the other person's behavior right? Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Spot on. It, it, it's that space of authentic curiosity, you know, being genuinely curious about another person. You know, and you, you, you talk there about noticing something we, we talk about on the workshops and in, in generally around communication. We share these, these sort of phrases, these ideas of noticing and wondering. I feel like uh, um, I'm doing psychotherapy a disservice, but um, I feel like you can condense psychotherapy into two words. <laughs> <laughs> noticed and I wonder <laughs> I'm laughing um, because so many times a day I said I'm wondering yeah I, wonder. <laughs> I, I can't stop saying it because I am wondering well this is it because you're in a position <laughs> of authenticity uh, absolutely so uh, we teach people we talk to people about this idea of noticing and wondering so you know you can say look uh, you know um <laughs> the the silly version we do is uh, darling I've noticed you haven't done the washing up and I wonder what got in the way um but uh, that's not super helpful but I mean <laughs> something we notice that is occurring some type of communication that is happening 
and you step into a position of authentic curiosity and wonder about it and genuinely be curious about that other human that you live with or, or engage with or relate with, rather than assuming you have slammed this door, therefore I assume you're a grumpy monster and you hate me. And I, I've already assumed I'm not curious as to what has occurred. I've made a series of assumptions and used a series of models that I might have built with you or I might have brought with me from somewhere else. And I'm not being conscious of. So yeah, nail on the head when you talk about noticing and curiosity, and that's it. And I'm interested in what you were saying up earlier about joining. Can you tell us a mm. bit more about how you can join the other person? Mm. I'm going to let you go, offer you the opportunity <laughs> to go first. This time. Well, we do, um, yeah, we do some exercises in relation to these. So it's, for me, I guess, is that bit of like, um, empathizing with the other person so when when somebody is for example upset um it, it doesn't really help to be like oh you like it, it'll be fine just just be fine like this this too yeah. shall pass it's 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 i guess some some truth to say this too shall pass nothing lasts forever but the other person doesn't perhaps feel seen or heard in that way. Mm. So by joining the other person, we can say something like, I noticed that you are upset and yeah, I can see you're really upset. And, you know, would you like to discuss more what's upsetting you now? Mm. And then just saying yeah to the person and, and perhaps we can, um, and this is something I've learned from Hugo, we can um, mirror their, their movements or like mirror their body. So be like, okay, so how does that feel in the body? Or um, how does that feel um, within you? What emotions do you have right now? Mm. And then the other person feels heard and seen and you can then together come to step into a place where 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 good conversation can happen um rather than the other person not feeling seen or heard or feeling or, or one person saying to the other person that their feelings or emotions are wrong um that they should be feeling mm. or doing something differently so to me that's an aspect of joining another aspect of joining would be also um, yeah, joining somebody in their experience. Mm. It can also be when is when is something good, when someone is celebrating, when someone is excited, your partner is excited about something, get excited with them, mm. like celebrate like a child, you know, let let that happiness be, be um, contagious to you as mm. well. And I feel like it's, it's nice to treat a partner like you treat your friends. Um, and I think we tend to be nice to people um, that we want something from but how about being being good to people just because we want to be good to people <laughs> so yeah i hope that makes makes some sense that makes perfect sense mm, yeah you were saying about uh, empathy i thought uh, this, this, that idea of you know this this sort of suggestion that empathy is feeling with people okay so joining people in their emotional experience you know even momentarily um, and I think, so yeah, that's for that space, for that space of joining. How do I feel with someone else? How do I do joining with my partner and feel with them? And just like you were saying about, uh, you know, you can join them in their physicality. So you can join them in their emotional state. You know, I notice this, what is going on for you? How are you feeling? And then I can empathize with that emotional state that you're in and know what that might be like. You can join them in their physicality. You know, how are you feeling in your body right now? Oh, I feel tense in my hands. And then you can tense your hands. You can literally join them in that state. Oh, you feel like this. Wow. You can be with them in that moment. Um, 
And it's sort of this idea floats all around me. My mind goes back to Tantra again, this idea about joining together, mm. feeling together mm. in a moment, in a sexual moment, in, a, in an empathic moment, in an emotional moment, whatever it is, but feeling in alignment, in a weave. Mm. And you can probably tell, right? If you think it's your relationship, uh, if you're in a relationship, you think to, you know, these times that have been amazing, these really beautiful moments of flow, you know, most likely you were doing a fabulous piece of joining of being present together in the same moment feeling together does that make sense it makes perfect sense and it's making me think that joining is almost like the cure for gaslighting because mm. when people are in the argumentative state and maybe one person gets upset and the other person gets defensive there's quite often some gaslighting that is there, you know, I'm sorry, but you did this or you are, well, you're being dramatic. You, you shouldn't be this upset and, you know, invalidating and minimizing the other person's feelings. So they feel like they shouldn't be feeling how they're feeling or that they're being too dramatic and over the top. And if you are fully joining that person in their experience, there is no room for gaslighting. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I feel it's it's not fair and it's not right to tell somebody or you're exaggerating or you're mm. making a big deal out of it because that's how they're feeling who who am i to tell you how you are feeling it's yeah. is your feeling is your experience um and perhaps a lot of conflict comes from that comes from trying to make people feel something else than what they're feeling and um something um what's the guy that did novel communication uh, Marshall Rosenberg. Marshall Rosenberg said, you know, you're not going to put your butt on the face of someone who's angry or upset. <laughs> so I find that with the word butt, that's a lot to do with that. So <laughs> it's always better to do an and. And also we're not uh, noticing that when you're having a, a conversation, a discussion with someone, um, even if you don't agree with what they're saying, you can still nod along and you can still be like, okay, I hear you. So you are saying such and such. And then, yeah, again, validating them. And I feel like conflict just gets resolved much better mm. because you're just allowing the space to do that. And something we've, we practice, which is really helpful is, yeah, when say, for example, I say something to Hugo and then Hugo will be like, well, I'm just, did, um, thank you for saying this. I heard you say such and such and then I can be like yes that's what I said or I can be like oh actually that's that's not what I mean and mm. then it's a nice way of communicating rather than as again the whole assuming mm. thing because sometimes we hear somebody says one thing but we hear a completely different thing um and Becky to bring it into sexuality um in I guess what I want to say to that it's like um, when joining somebody in sexuality is the idea of like joining them in their experience mm. right so the whole eye gazing and breathing together and feeling pleasure from your partner's feeling pleasure pleasure and that communication and and dance yeah it's like a beautiful dance I guess mm. the dance can be tricky though I think uh, you know you speak about gaslight and these patterns we can get into right mm. we get stuck in these patterns you do this and i do this and that's how we relate that's how we do relating and it can be really hard to step out mm. and do some conscious uh, communication be aware of what you are communicating you know when you say to somebody you're being too emotional stop you know you're taking the, you're getting this out of hand any statement that starts with you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've done this you've done this you're doing this how do you know what they're doing you're not inside their head um 
yeah, it can be hard to step out of those moments. I think we, we get really stuck in those patterns. Um, and it takes practice. I think it takes time um, to and try and step out of that space. And a willingness. And a willingness. Yeah. Yeah. To be uncomfortable sometimes. Mm. A willingness to be in, in somebody's state that isn't comfortable and doesn't match with yours. Don't mm. you feel right now? It's, it's the willingness to feel with people. It's not always feeling positively. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, and just to what you were saying, Dia, um, about the mirroring, I, when someone's repeating back what they heard, I do that so often with clients, and mm. they repeat back something that the other person didn't say, and it, it has the space for the first person to then say, actually, no, this is what I meant, or let me try to explain myself a different way, and it just shows how we assume through our worldview what what everyone is saying around us and I do it with my husband when he pulls certain faces mm. in my head a face means a certain thing then I'll say yeah. to him why are you putting that face at me and he goes well I'm not doing anything and I say no no just tell me you know what's going on he's like no honestly there's nothing but to mm. me that face resembled that he was annoyed or you know something like that and it just goes to show how we are kind of filtering the world through our lens and yeah if we are not getting clarity with the person that we're relating to, then we could just be going off on a completely wrong side of it. Mm. But it's, yeah. it's, it's that processing, you know, we're designed to do that. We'll, we'll you know, we, we step back into the psychology space for a moment. This idea that we're designed to do it. We, we take shortcuts. We take these shortcuts. So that you, you sort of assuming that the face means a thing is a natural thing. We take all these shortcuts to save time in social interaction. It's hardwired into us to make these shortcuts, to, to jump to conclusions. We're literally designed to do it. So again, it comes back, it's, it's an actual practice to not do that, to counteract. What Sometimes I say to people, we can be more than our evolution. We can be more than our humanity, um, but it requires this ability to step out. Um, it's funny, your example of the faces. I once, uh, I, I had this, I brought this up once with somebody and I said, um, I said it about, I said, I know, I know she's doing this because I just know I can see it on her face. And uh, the person said, what do you see on her face? I said, well, you know, I can just see it, that look of, that look of annoyance, whatever. She said, okay, well, what does that look like on her face? She was like, well, you know, the nose goes up and, uh, and, and, and the eyes come down, the brow, eyebrows come down and, and the mouth moves. She goes, a bit like this. So and I was like, no, no, no. She's like, oh, do you need me to move my eyes a bit? Okay, yeah, yeah. And she was just, she went to these mechanics of the face to the point that I was like, oh, it's, it's just movements on the face. It doesn't mean anything. It just means muscles moving. But it took her to break it down to be like, what is it that I am seeing that I've decided? Like a series of muscle movements. They're just a series of muscle movements. They mean nothing except which I've, what I've applied to them because I'm not in anybody else's head. Uh, but yeah, it was a really interesting exercise. But I wonder if you might try that out. Like, what is it about your face? Tell me about this face. <laughs> We'll be doing that tonight. I'll get home and I'm sure he'll love pulling lots of ridiculous faces. <laughs> so do you guys have any advice if someone is, someone in a relationship is really wanting to have this authentic communication, they are up for noticing their patterns and being considerate mm. with the other person, but the other person is not interested in meeting them there. Do you have any advice for the person who's trying? Mm. <laughs> um i do yeah i think so um keep trying <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's maybe a message here about joining okay about speaking the language that people speak mm -hmm. you know if you have a set of beliefs and ideas that you want to share with people 
it's not always helpful to storm in using your language, be like, this is what we need to do. We need to connect with the essential essence of great spirit and, and <laughs> sing to our soul's life force energy. You know, and somebody might hear that and go, I don't know what you're saying. I don't speak that language. I don't understand those frames. So finding frames that people understand, where can I join you? Well, you know what, actually, it's about connection. You're talking about connection. Okay, I understand that. I can understand connection. Um, and you find these positions where you can speak the language that that other person speaks, because maybe it's not a case if they don't want to do it. They just don't necessarily understand what you're asking from them. Can you communicate it in a different way? We come back to conscious mm -hmm. communication. Can you find another way to communicate it in a way that it can be heard? And I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking about eye gazing, for example. Mm a really simple practice for, for, for connection, for fostering connection, where you sit across from another person, um, someone in your you're in a relationship with, anybody really, sit across from them and, um, and take time, maybe two or three minutes, gazing into one eye, so using your right eye to gaze into their right eye. Then you swap over after three minutes, using your left eye to gaze into their left eye. Um, now, you know, people listening, please do check it out online. There's lots of lots of information about eye gazing. I do recommend it, but it's a simple practice. Take You can shorten it if you want to, to a couple of minutes. So you could ask your partner, can we sit down together this evening and you give me four minutes of your time? <laughs> I'm sure lots of people be like, four minutes? That seems pretty reasonable. I'll give you four minutes. And it doesn't require much except sitting and looking, but can be incredibly powerful. So you could try ways that are manageable and acceptable is my sort of thought on that. Really. Mm. Yeah, no, totally. I think, yeah, you answered that question pretty well. <laughs> I don't know what other advice would say. I guess be curious, mm. you know, ask the other person, well, what, what is it that you want? What is it that you need? Mm. What do you envision? You know, how would you want these, these to be? What would you want happened? How do you want to feel? Um, mm. Yeah, ask, asking those questions. Because um, sometimes it can it can be challenging. Being vulnerable is actually not that easy, and mm. it takes determination and willingness. And I always say to people that vulnerability is actually quite powerful, mm. and that you, if you can be in your vulnerability, then you're definitely a powerful person. So it's just yeah, it's just creating a safe container for that. Perhaps people, um, you know, people can have a lot of misconceptions or their own beliefs. Um, they could have trauma in relation to something they could have had a negative experience so perhaps you know if like like with the example that Hugo was saying if I said to my partner hey tonight can we do some tantric exercises and an eye gaze and your partner is not somebody who speaks that language then they'll be like uh, no but again if you say can I just have four minutes of your time and all mm -hmm. it requires is to sit across from each other <laughs> it, I mean I doubt they'll say no so yeah it's about finding their way to communicate and 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 asking being curious um, sometimes I like to do this exercise in the morning where I ask Hugo three things he's grateful for today um, and three things that would make his day good mm. and then that's a good way to to start the day so yeah when, when somebody's unwilling to do something rather than be like why why don't you want to do it like what's the matter instead be like well what would you like mm. happened yeah, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with the word curiosity. Like mm -hmm. we were talking about earlier, it's just being curious about, well, how can I say this in an inviting way? And if mm -hmm. they are not interested, why not? You know, what what That's might it. they want to do instead? Um, how can we connect in a different way that we both feel comfortable with? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about the link 
between Tantra and communication. Mm. Shall I go? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's this fabulous stalemate happening here. We're like, oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I can probably sum this up really, really simply for me. It's about when you look to the sort of Sanskrit definitions, maybe of Tantra, there's lots of different ways of defining it. But one of them is this idea of the weave um, and being one's own weaver and this, this sort of joining of things. Um, so I think about the link in that way. So you could think about Tantra as this connection with oneself, this weave with oneself and, uh, and higher, you know, higher powers, if you want to call them that, and other human beings, if you want to call it that, this weave with your own energy and sexuality and stuff like that, maybe. Um, and the weave of skills that come together, the weave of awareness and abilities and knowledge that come together into a practice. Um, so for me, the way that communication and tantra link up is again this this weave you know this way that this this communication is how we weave with another person mm. it's how we connect with another person be it through silent physical communications with our bodies or, or with our words so it comes together for me in that way it facilitates the weave the joining of yourself with another person so i think for me, they're hand in hand. You could look at most or you could look at lots of tantric practices from a position of communication, communication with oneself, communication with energy, communication with another. So for me, it feels like a quite a natural joining you know, mm. to sort of empower those another person. But yeah. Yeah. I remember um, some years ago um, I was in India and I was trying to figure out what Tantra was because everybody has their own definition of Tantra mm. and Tantra means different things for different people and there's so many different schools of tantra uh you know you have the traditional ones and then you have neo tantra and you have white tantra and green tantra and you know almost all the spectrum of the rainbows tantras yeah. um so it means lots of different things for different people but something that really resonated with me was the idea that tantra is the mastering of mm. And by mastering of, we don't mean, um, or I don't mean uh, perfectionism, but it means um, practice. It means wanting to really experience something to its fullest in mm. all its different forms and um, aspects and shapes. <laughs> um, kind of repeating myself there, but yeah. So this idea of... Um, experiencing life in all its polarities, masculine, feminine, uh, light, dark, happy, sad, mm. um, and finding that middle space. Um, and so to do that, again, it's, it's that communication um, because I feel like life, um, everything around us is constantly communicating with us. Like mm. I was saying earlier about the plants wanting to communicate with us. I feel like everything is like, you know, we all work in symbiosis with one another, or at least nature tries to do that with humans. <laughs> um, you know, like we breathe uh, monodioxide and then the trees clean that and then they give us oxygen again and all the mycelium network under the earth. They're all communicating with each other. They're sending information back and forth constantly within mm. our bodies. We're doing that, like our stomach and our brain and our heart, you know, all the neurotransmitters are constantly informing each other of what needs to happen when digestion when is sleeping when it's breathing you know all of these so life itself is communication um and so to me tantra is just um 
finding it's that it's that willingness to want to be better communicators and mm. want to allow and allow life to communicate with us and to receive those messages and we're all communicating with one another as humans yeah. as well every interaction people ask sometimes people come to the workshop and they'll be like oh do do i need to be what about if i'm not in a relationship and our response is well we're all in relationship with everybody yeah. <laughs> in relationship yeah. with these people who you connect and communicate with we are in relationship and we're communicating back and forth in many mm -hmm. different ways so yeah greater awareness of that greater understanding of that feels just you know, fundamental yeah and i think the way you both explained that was so beautiful using the word weave and mastery but inevitably it's just coming down to practice tantra is mm. a practice communication is a practice relating as a practice mm. yeah it's beautiful um okay guys where can the listeners find you how can they join you in offerings or how can they check out your website and things like that Mm. So we tend to um, put the uh, tantric communication workshops on my website, which is www.cacaoandmore.com. And then in terms of the more uh, psychotherapy and mental health and resilience <laughs> training, that would be on Hugo's website, which is? Uh, inmindinsight.co.uk. Yeah. And then I'm on Instagram as at um, Tantra. And I am the adventure psychologist. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, we put the, the offerings up on, on DS website. We're just in the process now of putting together, of bringing all these sort of workshops together into a, a sort of a six week course, as it were, really sort of diving quite deep into this space of communication and Tantra this sort of idea we're just in the process of doing yeah. that at the moment. So, so every week has a pre-recorded video and a little workbook um and then also we meet online to discuss Gee. and to practice and to have fun yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind of... awesome cool thank you very much yeah. all right so i'm going to post all of that on the show notes page thank you guys so Lovely. much for coming thank you very much for inviting yeah. us generally been a pleasure thank you for having us becky <laughs>